0: is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 162 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Megan Clancy, all about writing as a parent or carer. But first to last week's question, which was, have you ever done a nano or will you ever do a nano? Quite a few comments this week, some uh, long ones, so I'll probably just read out some highlights. Uh, So we had comments from Ian Worrell, who said, I've done it every year since 2017, got the 50,000 words each time, considering if I want to do it this year with a new story or be the nano rebel and work on revising a work in progress. Ooh. I am going to do both. (laughs) So surprising no one, I guess that makes me a rebel too. Kerry Hadisky said, I've done NaNoWriMo mostly consistently since 2013, including the April and July camps. In fact, I wrote the first draft of my upcoming novella in April camp 2014. Catherine O'Sullivan Brown said, I've never managed to win a NaNo, haven't done it for years because I always end up getting stressed. Plus, my competition is way down. But hearing Grant say it could be 30 days to put creativity as a priority, I love this mindset and I am signing up again. So we also had comments from Sarah, Torna and Heather Button. So thank you very much, everybody. I read all of those comments and loved them all and loved seeing how you all used Nano differently. So for me, I am going to be finishing off editing this fiction book, the first one under the new pen name, uh, for probably the first two weeks of November and... (laughs) Then I'm going to try and catch up. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to. I probably won't, to be honest. Uh, but you yeah, never no, know. And I will spend the second part of November writing uh, the next nonfiction book, which I mentioned last time, which is the uh, anatomy of... Um, <laughs> what is it? What is it that I'm going to be writing? It's the villain's journey, the anatomy of unlikable characters. Uh, so yes, that is what I'm going to be working on whether or not I managed to um, start relatively on time in order to try and do the 50k i don't know um i'm annoyed because i wanted to be working on it from next week but unfortunately i did not finish it editing the fiction book before i went away so it is what it is anyway this week's question is do you struggle to make time for all of the things in life which isn't that ironic (laughs) as i said i didn't finish editing the fiction book oh dear this is going to be a fun episode uh yeah so that is the question do you struggle to make time for all the things in life and obviously see that is in reflection to this episode so i suppose i'm i'm talking about the responsibilities that we have combined with um writing all right the book recommendation of the week this week is how to fail by elizabeth day i am read so she also has a podcast by the same name i have almost finished this book and i'm going to be discussing it with rachel heron in the next uh, black Ep- black heron episode well it will be the next one for the patrons but you guys won't hear it for another month um so yeah, I've really enjoyed the book. I've really liked it. Um, great nonfiction. Um, and so yeah, I would recommend it uh, highly. I've, I've highlighted quite a few different things in the book. All right, so my personal update. This is half term week. And this was the first week that I had off in... Uh, so obviously, I'm trying to work to the school term times and... Um, so this term ran from the beginning of September until the end of October and so this is the first week off and we went up to Edinburgh, we saw family we saw some friends and it was lovely we went to um, loads of different places, we visited the Royal Mile did Mary King's Close King's Court can't remember the official name but the underground bit where they've built on top that was incredible we uh went to dynamic earth we went to um the zoo we did uh, other stuff as well um went to bookstores and all kinds of stuff i'm forgetting something significant but i can't think what it is off the top of my head right now anyway so that was lovely and then on the way back we picked up two kittens um, they are rag dolls, uh, rag doll breed, and uh, they are called Duke and Duchess. One is kind of a creamy color and with like uh, black features, black nose, ears, and tail. She's got three black paws and one white paw. It's adorable. And then du- and then Duke, that's Duchess, and then Duke is white, kind of lilac color with grey ears, tail, and a little freckle, black freckle on his schnoz. Uh, so they are both adorable, and they are asleep on this desk as I speak. <laughs> So basically my productivity is fucked for the next year. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not really kidding. So what? where have I been? What have I been up to this week? I mean, obviously I've done not really done any work. I did do my cover design brief for my fiction book and um, that was exciting. I'm very excited to get that underway. I have also paid for the new website, uh, so I will have to get designing that very soon. Um, And so I have done some things, but not really, I haven't really worked, if I'm perfectly honest, and that's been, it's been a nice break. Um, I am raring to go, and so I have started to reread the book. Um everything that I've written. So I've edited 27k and the book is about 77k, so I've still got a fucking long way to go. <laughs> I'm hoping I can get get most of it done in the next week, but we shall see. Um, and so yes, as I've said, I'm going to take the next two weeks to finish the book, finish editing the book. It will then go to a beta reader or my critique partner, I should say, and then um, I will be getting on with the next non-fiction book. I'm still depending on how fast that gets written i'm hoping it's going to get written quite fast but we shall see um i'm still aiming to launch that in the first quarter of next year but we shall see I, it is all dependent on um you know how long it takes uh so i think that is probably it for now i have been working on editing the audiobook as well but it's not still not quite ready it's almost there not quite um i'm determined to get that done this year though that's all i'll say <laughs> That's all I'm saying on that. Okay, Rebel of the Week this week is Eden. Eden says, uh, this story comes from the time I went to Pride, in uh, 2015 in London. Well, many, many months ago, I told the story of how I got to the front of the London Pride and had a lovely time waving flags and generally loving life. However, I might have skimmed over a few of the details, particularly the story involving waterstones at Piccadilly. So at the very beginning of the day, I met a rather handsome Scottish fellow who had snuck me into the front of the parade and given me a flag. Through the combination, through a combination of pride, heat, and chemistry, we rather hit it off, and we're looking for somewhere, uh, private, shall we say, to conduct some physics and biology, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I already love this story. Anyway, he said that he had Crohn's and therefore had an access key to usually locked, disabled toilets. Brilliant. I was twenty-one and randy, so my judge. <laughs> judgment (laughs) might have been somewhat clouded so we rushed to the nearest one which happened to be uh, the Waterstones at Piccadilly the biggest bookstore in London and had a bit of privacy once we were done and getting ready to leave we heard a great banging on the door I gingerly opened it to find a member of the Waterstones (laughs) staff Looking at me rather concerned. Oh, my God. I then realised one of us had somehow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love these stories so much. They make my day every time I read one. I then realised one of us had somehow <laughs> pulled the orange <laughs> assistance cord. <laughs> we <laughs> We quickly made our excuses and left Waterstones as fast as we could. After a couple more hours dancing, I made my excuses and headed back up uh, to university and I never spoke to him again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness me. I absolutely bloody loved this story. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna take me a minute to calm down. Eden, you are a true rebel. This has made my day. Thank you so much for sending in your rebel story. If you would like to be a rebel of the week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion. A Randy rebellion. It could be it could be a big, small or something in between. It can be a pet rebellion, and I'm guessing I'm gonna have a few of those now. You can email your rebel story to Becca over on Rebel Author Podcast at gmail.com welcome and a huge thank you to bumper crop of patrons and i really hope i pronounce your names correctly please do feel free to uh, let me know if i have not uh we've got Tove sama ronnie ledesma robbie francis farika woods thank you so so much and you've all come in at a variety of levels so just wanted to say make sure that you go back through the archives because there are a stack of um things that you can uh, rewatch or uh, or you know blooper reels to look at posts that i've written you know upcoming news and secrets and things and um of course, all the replays from Poison and Pros. So yeah, make sure you get involved and have a look at all of the goodies in there. If you would like to be a patron and get early access to all of the episodes as well as bonus content like our uh, Poison and Pro sessions, there are there is always a quarterly Rebel Challenge to try and get loads done. We are also going to be doing uh, sprints in November. Then uh, before Nano that's <laughs> my cat's ear bashing the glass. Uh, then you can by visiting a patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. And it seems to be an Eden theme this week because they are also going to give a shout out to our sponsor of the show this week, which is Pro Writing Aid. I love ProWritingAid, but I think it's important that you hear from lots of writers who use it. And don't forget that you get a 20% discount for new uh, joiners, new users to ProWritingAid by using the Rebel discount link. So I will make sure that that is in the show notes. And for now, let's go over to Eden to tell you all about why ProWritingAid rocks.
1: So, I really like Pro Writing Aid because it acts as a second set of
0: eyes to help me pick out any of the um, subconscious mistakes or any of the overused patterns that uh, occur in my writing. Um, apparently, commas are my worst enemy, but uh, thanks to Pro Writing Aid, it's gotten a lot better. Um, as a result, my writing is clearer and better structured, which is a fantastic
1: plus for a, for a writer, certainly.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Megan Clancy. Megan is a published author and author excel. Certified book coach, love Jenny Nash. As the Mm -hmm. book coach for mums, she coaches women who lost their creative spark in the days of early motherhood. Oh my goodness, I'm already getting emotional. This is going to be an episode and are struggling (laughs) to find a way back to it. Uh, Mums who had never thought of writing a book before, and something in becoming a mother brought that out, brought out that creative desire. And mums whose kids are now in school and finally have the time to write the book they've always wanted. She coaches mums at and through all points of their novel writing journey. She has a BA in in English and creative writing from Colorado College, an MFA from the University of Melbourne, and has lived and worked in Australia, Nepal, and the United States, and was a high school English teacher before becoming a full-time writer and book coach. She now lives with her husband and two young children in California. So number one, uh, what north, south of California, like in the
1: middle, whereabouts are you? all over the place we just moved south from north so okay okay yeah covering Amazing. all the bases <laughs> and and where in Nepal
0: because it is a rare occurrence that I meet somebody who has also spent time in Nepal because I
1: have spent time in Nepal so yeah tell me about yeah. that so um a little bit of time in Kathmandu and then mostly in some mountain villages so out by Pokhara and then down by the uh, Indian border in the rainforest area which is oh, fantastic wow. what did you
0: do there That's incredible.
1: Yeah, I was teaching English. And so that was kind of my um, continuation of I don't want to get a job yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I want okay. to still travel. <laughs> okay. Did you ever do the Everest Base Camp trip? Did not. <gasps> and honestly, yeah, I know. Honestly, I think the hiking over in the uh, Annapurna Mountains is prettier yeah (laughs) and you see Everest that's the whole point if you do Everest base camp you can't see Everest
0: well you can because you summit mountain uh like at base or just off base camp which gives you the views of Everest but yeah yeah, yeah. Annapurna is stunning that that yeah. is just one of the most beautiful like mountain re- regions and areas and mountain and uh, yeah uh, we we kind of got a view of it i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. we got a view of it when we were when we were trekking but yeah uh, just that whole region and the himalayas and that whole it is such a mindfuck. like going from like lush rainforest through to like shrub and then just fucking nothing but like moon yeah. rocks and glacier yeah. like it is bizarre uh but yeah okay so i mean that is one hell of a bio but would you like to tell everyone a little bit more about you and kind of how you got to where you are
1: yeah, you uh, covered a lot of it, <laughs> but I think, yeah, so I, I did my, you know, I entered college thinking I was going to be a poli-sci major and I was going to be all academic and everything and no quick journey over to the English department. Unfortunately, they had a creative writing department, which was like, wait, I can get a good degree to just write? That'd be fantastic. And then did the MFA afterwards, which, you know, mixed feelings, we can talk about whether are it's worth it or not, but um, and eventually wrote a book a few years later, and then kind of fell into just lost writing when I uh, entered motherhood and pandemic happened, and it was just like there's there's no time or anything <laughs> to definitely lost that creative spark, and um quickly found once the pandemic hit and I was in the drudgery and postpartum. Depression, anxiety, everything that comes along with having a second child in a pay where you feel completely isolated. Um, Fortunately, found a, a group on Twitter of just mom writers and found these women that I could connect with that like, oh, you get it like you understand what it's like to be a mom and a writer because you know all your writer friends are like just write all the time and it's like no 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 I I have these, these little things that I have to take care of and all your mom friends are just like well, stop writing and it's like but like I can't I can't do that either so it was this nice Venn diagram right of yeah. where the two intersect and so found really great community there and then in being on social media, I came across Jenny and Author Accelerator. And I was like, wait, like I can talk about writing with people all the time for, for a living. This is fantastic. And so got into book coaching and just found like, okay, this is where my intersection is going to be. I'm going to talk about writing and how to tell story and do that. But support mums in the same journey that I took. And so, yeah, found out, like, this is exactly where I want to be. And these are the people that I want to work with because these are fantastic people that need support because I needed support. And I love to to uh, yeah, do that with them. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> so I loved what you said because um, motherhood was one hell of a fucking rollercoaster for me. I um, was told at 25 that I probably wouldn't be able to have children and that I needed to have children very rapidly because I was going to go through the menopause before I was 30. And so I didn't know if I wanted kids at 25. And and everybody who knew me was like, you don't want kids. You're like one ambitious motherfucker. Like, what do you want kids for? And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I want kids? (laughs) I don't fucking know. Anyway, uh, the doctors were very insistent. And so it was either have a baby right now or you're not going I ever be able to have a baby so um we went off and did loads of tests and my vagina got poked like i cannot even tell you how many times <laughs> and um basically lost all my dignity pri- prior to childbirth and um, oh, yeah. and then and then when we were, um, so basically then we, we, we couldn't we couldn't do IVF because we didn't have the money because we'd just paid for our wedding. And so uh, the, the NHS was like, well, look, if we can find a medical problem because we'd gone privately for some tests and stuff. And these were the people who'd said there was a problem. They were like, if we can find this problem, well, you're like, we can get you through um, like on free NHS treatment. And uh, anyway, so they were like doing tests and stuff. But at the same time, they were like, yeah, you should probably try and get pregnant if you can. So we were like, okay, fine. So if, off we flew to Denmark to, for fertility treatment I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast anyway <laughs> and um and uh, so we, we we went and got treatment and um I got pregnant on the second attempt uh and by the time I was eight nine ten weeks pregnant whatever it was we went back to the NHS and they were like so funny story we don't actually think there's anything wrong with you um and yeah so I changed our whole lives <laughs>
1: right
0: (sighs) because some doctors told me that I wasn't gonna uh, have a baby and uh, anyway so um what that did was change my whole life on so many different levels. And
1: yeah, it was, they, they mess with you a little
0: bit. You're... Yeah, it was a bit of a head fuck, I tell you. Yeah. Um, but then being also a queer woman, there was a whole other journey of me being like public property whilst I was pregnant, because my son's nearly nine. And so, you know, almost a decade ago, things were mm-hmm. not as open as they are now. And so I was literally just like public property and people would ask all kinds of intrusive questions um and uh y- 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 a- a- and the, but the worst bit for me was what you said was the isolation because I was ousted out of two mum groups for being a lesbian like literally that was the reason I was basically asked to leave the group is because I was gay and um, I was so lonely and I honestly like if it weren't for my mum I think I would have ended up being very very depressed because mm. my mum saved me <laughs> she would drive yeah. down like an hour and a half to get to me more or less every day of the week and literally I can't like I love my mum so. Much much because of everything she did for me then and uh yeah but the isolation is killer so yeah. um sorry it didn't mean to like go on a way big no tangent, it's but, like fine. it's it you know you have to share these mom jokes, yeah. like.
1: and the thing that the thing that you said that like stood out to me and I get so much from so many women that I work with is that idea of what you were told you you can't have kids you have so much ambition and it's like why 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 yeah. you have to pick ambition yeah. or children like yeah. this is bullshit
0: it is bullshit it is bullshit so let's let's talk about that I'm gonna ask you um a couple of questions from patrons first before we dive okay. into um, my questions so yeah. I've got one from Sparky Hazard who said um I would love to know any tips uh, Megan has for finding the energy to write <laughs> um Megan uh, sorry not Megan Sparky cares for um their partner um mm-hmm. and says that at the end of the day my brain is jelly and I can't even fathom piecing together a sentence never mind and engaging plot so and, and yeah. the second question actually kind of fits with that. Um, Heather says does Megan have any tips on writing whilst you're uh, like uh, doing a full-time job too and I'm guessing probably being a parent there as well so yeah any yeah. tips on those
1: um yeah zero energy at the end of the day especially like there's days when I still have physical energy at the end of the day but mental and creative no it's it's absent, it's gone, it's already asleep. Um, and I'll probably, this will probably is a similar answer to a lot of the questions you asked and a lot of people don't wanna hear this because you've heard it before, but it's get up early and get the words in. And for me, it's not, and this is gonna tie in when you ask about mom guilt and all these kind of things, but for me getting up early, I do it a little differently than the reason that most people say, you know, you get up early, you get the words in just to get the words in when you have the energy or whatever. For me, it's that if I can get up early and have some me time and get those words in, it really reduces that at the end of the day, feeling guilty or frustrated or resentful that I don't get to write today. Like that's the first thing I did. It's done. It's out of the way. So regardless of how the rest of the day goes, if I have energy at the end of the day, great. I can write some more. If not, it's not a big deal because I got the words in, but yeah, early and then any time during the day. I mean, always the best thing I think for mom writers is that you have your phone and take notes and I'm always using like the voice app and just get in the writing when you can. But I hate the idea of like forced creativity. Like if I have 10 minutes, all right, if something comes to me, but I'm not gonna like force myself to sit down and write if it's not there because it's the same as having no energy. You don't have a creative focus, but definitely early. That's when-
0: so. So I, I when you said that, I winced a little bit because that's not how I, I do it at all.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm,
0: I'm a total night out, so I would do it yeah. last thing at night. But I would <laughs> go to bed feeling accomplished. So, but I think this is down to like personal preference like when I Absolutely. say I am not a morning person I have literally since the day I was born not been a morning person Right, and, and I have tried I have mm-hmm. tried for weeks on end to shift my body and shift my clock and I cannot do it and all that happens is that I get less sleep so yeah. for me personally I ha- it, it all it's always going to be night over morning but I run the risk of being too wrecked to do anything right. um for me, I used the same like mentality, but I would just click it to the night before. So instead of right. going to work feeling accomplished because I got words in the morning, I could go to sleep knowing i was going to work having gotten words the night before and that i would so it's the set. it's just mindset and framing right it's the same like for me i had to work with my body because otherwise i was at at getting at the point trying to get up where i was just having like four hours sleep and that is not sustainable for anybody (laughs) um But the other thing that I loved about what you said is like our phones are basically a computer these days. And for me, I don't know how everybody else writes. And and of course, you have to find the process that works for you. But I, as long as I have the last sentence or the last paragraph that I wrote, I can continue. Um, And so for me, it was always about carrying just that paragraph, making sure I'd sent it, emailed it to myself or sent it to myself. And like, I would even do naughty things, like I would email it to my work computer and then, like, have an email and, like, type a story in an email because people think you're working. <laughs> yeah, like, wasn't I was typing a fucking story in my email?
1: <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I to tell you, I got more re- the <laughs> my book that I have published. The majority of it I wrote during my 15 minute lunch as a teacher. Yes. And yeah, the number of times that students or teachers walked in and it's like, yeah, just finishing up this this email. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's so true. It's so true, yeah. right? Like we can actually write a book in 15 minute slots. It's just about whether or not you're willing to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And so, yeah, I love that. Okay. What do you think are the biggest mindset blockers that parents and carers
1: have? Now, I work specifically with moms. So it's, and I think there is a big difference between mom writers and dad writers or people that Anyways, it's mom guilt. It's the, the biggest thing that I hear from most mom writers is like, you feel guilty and you have these expectations like societal and the fact that for the most part, we are the, the go-to parent. And so it's that guilt of this isn't an essential thing. Writing is seen as like this creative woo-woo venture. <laughs> And it's not, for a lot of us, it's, you have to, it's like a, an essential need, but that's not how it's seen. And society, particularly Western society, society, and I mean, in America, we have this huge problem with moms are kind of, if you're not doing everything for your kid, it's, it's you're a terrible mother. <laughs> and that's a huge burden that a lot of women take on, especially if it's um, what I see, what I experience and what a lot of other women experience who take on writing later like if you go into your marriage and you go into motherhood without already having books behind you or this is a new venture it's not taken as seriously both by the people in your circle and yourself and it's very hard to be like no I committed to this motherhood thing I can't take on this new thing for me
0: but you can you actually can and you should <laughs> and
1: you should you yeah. need to oh yeah.
0: that's oh, I just I feel so many things about what you're saying and <laughs> I don't even know where to start unpicking this but yeah I I suffer with mum guilt and I don't have you heard of everybody drink who's listening have you heard of Clifton Strengths
1: <laughs> I heard of them from you oh yeah <laughs> I feel guilty that I have not done this but yes I hear about them from you. Okay, okay, fine.
0: So, the problem that I have which I did not realize until literally you started speaking is that as a number one competition everyone drink, um I have to be the best mum, right? Mm-hmm. I have to be the best mum mm-hmm. and that does not work when you're also trying to be the best writer and the best business owner and the best wife and the best sports person and the best bloody whatever else other bullshit I try and tell myself yeah. I need to be the best at um and so yeah like that's so true and I think a lot of my guilt does stem from well you're not being the best mum that you can possibly be but I yeah. you know I think in this circumstance best is probably a myth I think we can only be mm-hmm. what we can be um you know yeah. so yeah so follow-up question then about these emotions of like selfish, what selfishness is or what we are being told selfishness is and the guilt that we feel. I definitely cycle between the two and I have just changed my working pattern so that I work term time only. So I work longer hours, but then I am 100 percent present in, in in the half terms and stuff which is going to have some consequences and issues, but it is what it is. Yeah. I wondered if you could talk about any uh, techniques or ways to overcome these mindset and emotional kind of blockers that we have.
1: Absolutely. And so the first thing that I work with a lot of moms when we first come on and we decide, you know, we start thinking about their story and what's it going to be. One of the first things we focus on is what is the point of the story and giving their work intention. Like, what is the intention of the thing that you're doing? Because I think it's real easy to fall into that guilt mindset if you don't have an intention or focus on what you're writing, if it just, it's a for fun thing, even if it is, if your story is a fun story and it's for you to write for fun, that's great, but if you give it intention, then it feels like it has more purpose and weight in your life and you can give it significance in your day. And so if you're like, this is what I'm trying to say with this story, this is what I'm trying to do with my writing for this particular project, it's a lot easier to be like, no, I have to set aside, set aside time for this because it's important and what I'm trying to do. And it, you just give the work more significance in your day. Which then, I'm not saying it takes away 100% of the guilt, because it doesn't, and I think anyone, any mother who sits down to write and says, I don't have mom guilt, writing is kind of spewing a bit, and those that, you know, say I have no writer's guilt about sitting here playing with my children are also telling (laughs) bullshit to themselves too, because like, there is not a single time that I'm sitting up there with them playing with Legos, being like, I should fucking be writing right now, this is so annoying, (laughs) but... It provides balance. So if you can give that significance and the point to what you're trying to say, then it makes it a little easier to be like, no, I have to step away from my children right now. Are they Are they safe? Are they fed? <laughs> Do they have something to entertain them for a moment? I'm not as guilty sitting down and worrying about them because this is important in my day and there is a significance to what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I think the, the other thing is that like, I, we can have this tendency to think that our children want to spend 24 hours a day with us and they actually don't. They are their own individual little people who who just as much as I need to close myself off in this office and have reading time in silence, my kid also sometimes needs to just decompress after school and not be pestered by me to play shooting games and <laughs> mm-hmm. anger or whatever, you know. So, like, and I don't think that, you know, gets rid of the gu- guilt, but perhaps that might be a reminder that we sometimes forget because I often forget that actually sometimes, you know, he just needs t- to decompress just as much as I do. Yeah. Um,
1: it's like if we're both sitting here and you're miserable and I'm miserable, why don't you do what you want to do and <laughs> I'll go right for a bit and then we'll come back together later when both of our headspaces are a little. Yes. More friendly.
0: I love that so much. Have you read Big Magic by uh, yes. Elizabeth, Gil- Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. I can't remember if it was in the book or if it was on her short-lived uh, podcast, but she either spoke to somebody or had a guest on who basically said that in order for them to be the best mother that they could be, they had to love themselves the best that they could love themselves. And mm-hmm. that involved writing. And yeah. if you let me write I can then give you all of me as a mother and I think that is such a beautiful reminder to put and I I, funny I literally said this in a podcast an hour ago that I was recording but you have to put your own oxygen mask on first right
1: absolutely it's that whole idea of like I can't pour into your cup until I fill up my own and definitely writing helps fill mother's cups and it's a it's a therapy it's a place of self-expression it's a place to get anger out if you have to get your anger out all that kind of stuff and at the same time you're modeling this really important thing for your kids if they see you writing if you talk about this is my passion this is what I love to do and this is what I spend time doing they see you chasing dreams and trying to do what you want to do with your life that's one of the best examples that you can give to your kids it's better than yeah. That is
0: why I started writing, because yeah. I wanted to show my son that he could he could be anything he wanted. He could follow his dream. He could make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I that is, if I give him one example, if that's the only thing I give him, that is what I want him to know. He can be anything he bloody well wants to be. He just has okay. to, you know find the path and, and do, do the, do the do.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, and that it takes work yes, that you exactly. can't just believe that you're something or want to be something you're putting in the hours. And when my little ones see that I'm, you know, I, mommy has to work right now. And so I shut the door and shutting the door is key <laughs> um, that you're focusing and you're spending time. They see you. You're not with them, but they see you doing a very, brave and admirable thing and they know that they can do the same thing
0: exactly yeah oh I love that so much um okay and that is a great segue door shutting because my Mm. next question is (laughs) what can parents and carers do to set more boundaries to give themselves time and space to to be creative and I want to actually just add to that question Mm -hmm. because um something that came to me whilst you were talking is that, yes, we get time to ourselves when we are writing, but it is not, um, self care. I don't know if I maybe asked, asked you this later. I did, but it kind of feels relevant, a little bit relevant now. Um, it drains us as much as it fills us. So yeah. yeah, Talk to me about boundaries and, um, how we can set more boundaries in place.
1: Um, I mean a lot of it at first is your own mental state like making sure that you are setting the time to go away and write i heard someone i I don't remember where i heard this some podcast talking about your characters are people in your life and you set a date with them and so you know like get i mean i am not one who says you have to write every day because for a lot of us that's just not possible or feasible or whatever but set some time with your characters and treat this like you know you're going to meet this person and you're spending time with them um but so being very set with these are the boundaries in my head so I don't let other needs I mean there's nothing that has to be done then go do do your writing um and then be very verbal with your the people that you live with and you know I'm going to right now if you have a partner then you know have a discussion with them and be like I need x time to go and and yeah go and shut the door because unfortunately or fortunately a lot of writing is not what people think it like I'm not sitting at my computer typing for my entire writing time sometimes it looks like I'm staring off at the corner of the room and not working and so if you're sitting out or other people are walking by and they don't see you working they assume you can be bothered (laughs) and so you need that separation and you need the distance so and then yeah
0: no I was just going to come back on this this hurts me deep (laughs) for reasons because I have had to have my ass handed to me repeatedly by my coach like to drill it into me that thinking is work and because I used to I used to cut that time away and shave it away because I felt guilty and because it doesn't look like work. And because um, I did used to get interrupted. And if I was doing those things and I used to think, Oh, well, the only real work is writing and it is such a crock of shit. Mm -hmm. And um, what it did was slow me down. Like what actually ended up happening is it took me four motherfucking years to write a book. Because I did not allow myself any time during the day when I was at work <laughs> to think I wasn't allowed to read. I, I still struggle with allowing myself to read during the working day. And actually, input for me is a huge necessary absolutely. task that I need to do in order to make sure that I can write but it's things like I I think by writing shit down on post-its and but I really I used to try and squeeze that in in the in-between hours you know or, or in the evening or once the kids gone to bed and I'm absolutely knackered and that all it did was slow me down and, and once I finally started listening to Ellie you know I'm now at the point where I can write thousands of words a day because I've given myself the time and space to do that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it cuts me deep to hear you say that because it's so, so, so true. And it took me so fucking long to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add, because I did interrupt you whilst you were talking.
1: No, but I totally, that, that idea of self-care and yeah, especially as mums, you have a very limited amount of me time and if you're trying to write too it's like this has to these are uh, it's very frustrating when that small amount of time you have to choose between either taking care of yourself or writing and yes writing is a part of taking care of yourself but like we've talked about it's work and it's exhausting work and it's mentally and emotionally just draining and so yeah it's that's something that I still struggle with is the me time part of it like again waking up early and trying to get in some meditation or exercise or something but yeah sometimes me time or sometimes self care for me is letting myself sleep in an extra half hour
0: just, yeah yeah uh,
1: just to rest
0: yeah, yeah. i am um, i have i forgot how much i love sports and uh mm. recently i have started. well not i mean from since july it's now nearly the end of September as we record this, mm. I have been going to boot camps, like a women's only boot camp mm. in my lunch break. And I tell you what, I was terrified. I was fucking terrified of losing and giving up this hour. Cause that's what it felt like. It was like, I know this is self-care. I know this is good for my body and for my mind, Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna lose an hour of working time, and I was like, mm-hmm. I only get six hours of working time a day because I only get the school hours, right. and and so I really fought it, and in the end, I ended up doing it. Obviously, because we're now two and a half months in, and I've like, and I've been doing it, and I tell you what, I work I work better, smarter, faster now because I have that hour of Absolutely. of of self care um, than I ever did before, and like. I, if you, if anyone listening is in doubt about giving themselves that hour or, or whatever it is in the middle of their working day, you may actually find that you get more done because you want to get to that uh, yep. self-care hour. And then afterwards, you know, you're under time pressure. So you have to focus. And like, yeah. it has just made that focus yeah. sharper for me. So yeah, I, 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 I just, if you're listening and you, you've thought about it, just fucking do it. Yeah.
1: Um I also like to encourage you, and I try every week to, typically Wednesdays, because that's my day that's a little lighter on work, and I have some time when the kids are at school, is like, find something new to do. If it's like (sighs) a new trail to take a hike, or a new class to take, or something new just to break up, because I know the biggest problem with motherhood, and especially like, I mean, any kind of mom, the, the just the sameness of everything and especially with the pandemic, everything's just kind of gotten to this droneness. And if you can just mix it up and give you one new thing and to kind of spark that different. <laughs> and that that's a part of self-care is just like exciting those adventurous instincts that you have.
0: I love that. And it's also a source of like massive inspiration and it does feel because yeah. all everything we experience comes out in our, uh, our our stories at some in some way or another.
1: Absolutely. And I do not get any greater or bigger story ideas. Than when i'm like the farthest away from a writing implement or computer or just if i if i hike like 10 miles into the forest where there's no way that i can write down or maintain these ideas that's when they'll come yeah. so writer's yeah. block just go take a walk and yes. it'll all come to
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that it's usually when i'm driving and can't literally physically can't take my hands off of the bloody mm-hmm. steering wheel yeah. um Okay, so you you mentioned earlier about uh, writing in short bursts, and you know, sort of if you've got fifteen minutes here and there, and and finding, uh, you know, those carrying your phone and stuff. Do you have any tips or advice on helping writers to focus in those short amounts of time?
1: Yep, and every pantser is going to hate me for saying <laughs> <laughs> plan. You got to plan out your stories, and I I am the the. The system that I like to use, that I work with a lot of mom writers, it's, we make an outline, but it's not like a totally rigid set in stone. Nothing that you write is set in stone. I mean, you can write an entire draft of a manuscript and change it all in the second draft. So having that plan and knowing what happens next, it makes it a lot easier of, okay, I've got a half hour to write and I feel creative, but I don't want to waste 10 minutes of that 30 minutes figuring out what's going to happen. So if I already have the plan going and I know what's next, or even if like, hey, I know this scene's coming up and I have something that I want to write about it. Yeah, if you could just just try to give yourself, even if it's not like a huge outline, know what scene is up next yeah. or really important scenes in your story. And then there's that like Hemingway always said, like he's known for, you know, he would stop writing in the middle of a sentence so that he could just start up with the sentence and get the flow. I don't know how well starting stopping in a little sentence would work for me, but definitely like if you're writing some dialogue, stop mid conversation, or if you're writing a scene, stop mid scene so that you have that idea. And granted, it probably doesn't work too well. If you, you know, I'm not going to be writing till next week, you're going to lose some of that momentum. But if it's like at night, you finish your writing, maybe write like the first couple sentences of the next scene. And then the next morning when you pick up or the next, you know, when you're in the, the, school drop-off line and you have 10 minutes <laughs> um if you already have that scene going it's a lot easier to jump back into the writing time without wasting a lot of time trying to decide what to write next
0: yeah i love that so much yeah. i don't know if so for listeners you won't be able to see but mm. uh for megan this sort of bit of a3 well i can't show you with my hands this yeah, a3 yeah, yeah. bit of paper here is yep. is my outline that's it that's yep. all i have but what i do is i think about every single scene um mm in my head until I can visualize it. So like for me, I'm I'm a visual person and like I, I now am in an almost meditative practice where I go to sleep visualizing the next scene. Like mm. I have to go to sleep thinking about what the next scene is. And I might not know entirely all of the details, but if I go to sleep thinking about the last scene, even if I don't wake up and have like an answer or anything clear, when I come to sit down, my subconscious must've been working on it because I can just start vomiting. And, but like, it's, it's the, what I think helps is the practice of carving out that time. And just the last 10 minutes before I go to sleep, I just think, and I think, and I move pieces in my head. And like, that is like, yeah, I don't know. Thinking time, I suppose that I never used to give myself.
1: I wish I had that ability because if I went to bed thinking about what I was writing, I would not go to sleep. (laughs) Like I'm the person that has to like, I sit there and type things out on my phone and just get it out of my head. Because if I'm still thinking about the story, I'm I'm not sleepy.
0: Well, if dialogue comes to me, I will email myself because I, because I lose the dialogue, but like I think in concepts, so like Mm. shapes of scenes and like locations of scenes and like, the mood or emotion that I'm trying to evoke rather than like specific lines of description yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything. Cause the same thing would happen to me. I would. Yeah. And so, and some, some nights I do email myself. Mm-hmm. Um But uh yeah, I, I would be exactly the same. If I was trying to literally write in my head, I'd be fucked. I wouldn't go to sleep. Oh, but also, yeah, yeah. I don't go to sleep. I don't go get into my bed until I am like literally ready to drop. Like yeah. cause I'm a night owl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no. uh, Okay, one of, oh yeah, so we have kind of talked about this, but words are work. Um, And I don't know if I have anything else that I want to ask about this. (laughs) How, is there such thing as balance? Like, it does balance exist. Should we be trying to seek balance? Is it all a big myth and an illusion? Like, you know when we're dedicating time to our kids we're not dedicating time to our writing like how do how do we get it right
1: you, there's no right there's no perfect there's there is a right for you and i think balance is possible but not in the micro it's not going to be on a daily basis it's not going to be on a weekly you might even have years where balance is totally off and but if you can look over like Five, ten 10 years, maybe there's a balance, but it's like, no, there is not gonna be a single day where you have the exact same amount of mom time and writing time and everything feels, ah. <laughs> and maybe there's weeks where you don't go, you don't write because you're scheduled for momming or your full-time job or any other life activity is to, yeah, finding balance is not in the day-to-day. It's I think it's over an expanded period of time.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm trying to aim for when it comes to like, working term time only. Um, And I'm sure, you know, in the longer breaks over the summer, I will work, um, Mm -hmm. depending on what our, our schedule is. But it's more that I don't I'm trying to get it so I don't have to I can choose to work rather than having to work which is the key I think
1: and Um, I'm at the point in my life when it's like mine are very young so I'm like okay right now I don't have balance but maybe when they're in school full-time I can get how how old are they they just turned two and four so wow really young (laughs) Wow, you are
0: a fucking yeah. hero doing all of this. Oh my god!
1: No, um, so yes, there there are days when if they're at preschool, I get and I try to use all those hours just for work and writing and focus on that, and then try to have the balance in the day. But no, we're we're dealing in the years, so yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. spread it out and plan. That's my my idea is like I'm setting the foundation now for our lives to be a little more balanced.
0: Yeah. It realized. does get easier. It does. Like mine crossed, is, man. no, it does. I promise you mine is now not nearly nine, nine in, yeah. in a couple of months. And it is like, he's a fucking delight. Like he's so yeah. fun to be around now that, you know, it is, a you know, and he can get himself dressed and he can have a shower by himself and all of these things. And it's, yeah, it's, it does get a lot easier, but also that's horrible because it means they're growing up and they're not as interested in, in you oh, as well, is which true. is also equally like, horrible. And-
1: I will say, I went to like, we were out at a children's museum, and I saw these two boys come around the corner, and they were like six and eight. I was like, That's it. That's where I want to get there, where they're just like on their own. They can handle themselves. They're okay. And then the mom came around the corner, and she's like, Fully out to here, pregnant. And I was like, Why? Why? Wow. You made it. You got to the promised land. <laughs> Why oh, would you start wow. over? <laughs> But yeah still, I mean down.
0: I am for sure one and done
1: yeah but, um... which I I understand <laughs> I am fully support of if you want to have a huge family that's great yeah I always yeah. thought three was my number and I got to two and I was like no nope, I'm yeah with them. yeah I'm out yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I mean I do I have so much respect like also for moms who are like full-time mom I just I am I am in awe of them I just don't know how they do it. I think they are the most amazing people on this planet yeah and it, like my mom was basically a full-time mom. She had to, to work to support me and she was a single parent. And I just look at her and I'm like, how the fuck did you do it? Cause you are yeah. my hero. Like, I just don't understand. Um, okay. Do you, like in coaching mums, do you mm-hmm. see any common mistakes that they make?
1: Um, And I don't think, it, I mean, this could be across the board, but since I only work with mums, a lot of what I'm seeing is just, we need more interiority in our writing and a connection to the characters. I think that's the biggest across the board issue with a lot of probably newer writers, just because they don't have the experience of building story. But understanding that plot and story are two different things. And story is all about connection with that character and getting that emotional arc. And so, yeah, just feeling more like These stories are documentaries where you're seeing everything from the outside and you're not getting that interiority. Um, You know, they say, um, CC on the shit no one tells you about writing, always talks about how the biggest difference between books and movies is that in movies, you don't get inside the person's brain. And that's how we really find connection with a story in a book is that you get that inside the person's brain and you understand their emotion and feeling. And so yeah, understanding that interiority and how every event in the story connects to that character's emotions and what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And so I think that's the biggest thing that's missing in a lot of stories. You can have a great plot, you can have really exciting adventure, but if we don't see that connection to character as a reader, it's hard to connect with the story.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that so much. uh, that makes me want to geek out about psychology as well. <laughs> mm. I love it. I love it so much, yeah, 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 okay. um in your own journey, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned about being a parent and a creative?
1: I need the creative I have to have writing in my life. I mean, I think the some of the darkest times um in my parenting life was when I was not writing and I was feeling just completely like if I didn't have writing, I would be completely lost to motherhood. My whole identity and individuality and everything would just be sucked into that vacuum of, of focusing on, on momhood and trying to, like we were talking about focusing on being the best mom. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, I have to have that creative outlet and, you know, for other people that might be other activities or other things, but using your creativity to, find your sense of self is one of the most important things you can do.
0: I don't know about you. Um, and obviously you'll have more experience talking to mums because you've had um, so many mums that you've coached. <laughs> this is literally the most perfect ending to this podcast, all about motherhood. <laughs> Child breaks <laughs> oh, into the room. What oh, gorgeous, gorgeous baby. Um, Thank you. Do you think that, So for me personally, I lost my sense of self for about two years after I gave birth. All I was was a mum. I was just like a Mm -hmm. breast feeding or I was a washing machine or I was, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I really felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. And like... that probably took about two years to start finding me. And I honestly feel like it's only really now that, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had so much coaching that I really am sinking into who I really, really am and who I'm meant to be. Um, Do you think that this is something creativity can help? Do you think this is something that a lot of mums experience, like that you're seeing they experience? Yeah. I don't know. Talk to me about that kind of self-identity.
1: I mean, yeah, the, the just feeling overwhelmed with motherhood and all the the things that are expected of you as a mother and what mm-hmm. you should be doing, definitely getting lost in that and any kind of creativity and finding yourself again. Um, and by creativity, that can be like, you know, body and movement and getting out and doing all this. Um, but also it's, you know, taking the baby steps. Like you talked about, it was the even up till now, you're finally feeling like it's not going to be overnight, right? You're not going to be like, I'm going to write a story and you're going to write for a day and feel like, Oh, I found myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It takes time. And I think a lot of moms, especially the ones that have either a never written before or ones that are just getting back into it that I work with are just like, I don't know how to do this. Like, it feels too overwhelming. I'm already feeling overwhelmed with motherhood. And now I'm trying to, you know, do this big thing of writing a book, which seems just ridiculous for a lot of people and so yeah I would say just baby steps like I had a mom like my son's going back to school and so I have the time now but I don't know how to you know I don't know what to do with that or how to do with it and it's like okay the first day he's back at school don't write just take some me time you finally have some space enjoy it
0: and then, isn't, isn't that hilarious right that, that did not even occur to me that, that is what we should do that's fucking brilliant of course we should do that but yeah. no like we are conditioned to think we have to do 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 like immediately start start like do everything achieve everything but if i'm not producing up,
1: anything yeah. it's not the time was wasted and yeah. i am the same way there are days when i'm like i have nothing to show for today like the house is still a mess. There's still a pile of laundry. I swear to God, I did something today, but I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> but no, like the first day that you finally have freedom, it's like the first day the kid's off the boob, book your ticket and go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Get some freedom. The first day that your kid goes to school and you have like three hours in the morning, read a book, drink some coffee that's warm that you don't have to like microwave five times. Um, Take a bath, do whatever you have to do to just feel yourself again. And then when you're getting into writing, don't come down with like, this. I have to write five pages today. No, write for like a half hour, write for 10 minutes, yeah. write for like, and slowly the next day, write for an hour, maybe a week later, you're writing for two hours, maybe ease into it and don't feel, yeah, because I think the getting lost in motherhood because it feels like such a monumental thing can, mom, you can then get lost in this other monumental mom. thing. And never produce anything. Because if it feels too overwhelming, you're not going to do it. You're going to clam up and be like, I'm going to go back to my safe space of feeding and bathing and all those other things that mothers get to do.
0: Okay. This is the Rebel Author Podcast. Uh, So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... This one of the reasons I started listening to this podcast was like yeah I'm in this rebel mindset. Um so when you start to think about why why am I feeling so guilty about being a mother and trying to do these other things you start to you know understand like these societal expectations and all this and you say oh patriarchy and then you pop that little bubble and you start to see everything a little more clearly and so as i know you are a big fan of deconstruction this is not deconstruction of stories but a deconstruction of my life and this whole year has been a focus on you know understanding my upbringing and palm colored people and what is going on in the world and how am i so yeah um that's been my rebel move this year is just understanding and trying to relearn and Reparent myself while parenting my children, and yeah, just trying to see how we can make this world a better place.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I think, like, what's interesting and what you didn't say, but what I ha- have taken from it, because I obviously have been doing this podcast for nearly three years, and I was shocked—I literally was shell shocked—that it has taken me three years of weekly rebel stories and um reading like you know rebel books that other people have written and and so on and so forth to come to the conclusion that and I was telling my friend about this the other day and because I think I'm gonna have to write the rebel book I like I never thought I would write I mean I I wrote I co-wrote a very short book about you know indie author rebel mindset Mm. stuff but it's not the rebel book. There is a there is a book in me about rebellion. And like I, I am convinced that rebellion is about finding joy. We rebel to find the joy in our lives because we we rebel because we are unhappy about something. We rebel Absolutely. because we're cross or we're angry or there's something wrong in the world. And and we want to bring joy back to ourselves, back to other people, back, you know, and 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 you can argue that you know, rebellion's about justice or it's about, you know, change and changing society or changing things for the better. And I agree, it is all of those things. But at at the heart of that is joy and giving joy and receiving joy. And like exactly what you just said is literally about your rebellion is about finding your inner personal joy. And I just fucking love that so much. So thank you so much for that okay tell everyone where they can find out more about you your books services anything else that you would like to um add
1: yeah so the best place is my website is meganaclancy.com and then i'm on twitter and instagram and tiktok which is my new favorite obsession but (laughs) that's a whole nother thing but yeah um m clancy author on on those three platforms amazing
0: thank you so much for your time today
1: yeah thank you this has been fantastic I love talking with you I love listening to you so this was a great experience
0: oh you're most welcome thank you I I really appreciate your time and I love this chat too a bit more personal than than the normal ones um thank you of course to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons if you would like to get early access to all of the episodes then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Megan Clancy and this was the Rebel Author podcast. Join me next week when I'll be talking to Beth Kempton all about how to be a fearless writer and it is it was a gorgeous conversation and she was fascinating and ah oh, I really can't wait to bring you this one. So join me next week for that. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review.